0: My day, we're in church. Yeah, isn't this great, Andy? It's so good to be here. Are you are you ready to share this morning? No, I don't really feel like it. Andy, what's the matter with you? You're usually so talkative. I know, I know. Uh, I just don't feel like it. What's the matter, Andy? What's going on? Well, it's 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 Nathan. What about Nathan? He seems like a, a good guy. Good guy? He's a jerk. Oh, Andy, why did you say that? It's what he said to me. Well, it couldn't have been that bad. It was insulting. Well what are you going to do? I'm thinking of some way to get even. Well what in the world did he say to you anyway? Oh, well, I don't want to say in front of all these people. Well whisper in my ear. What did he say to you? He called you a dummy? Huh, Dave! Now, everybody knows. Well, come on, Andy, get over it and enjoy the service. I'll have you know I am not a dummy. I'm a vent, as they say in show business. Well, come on, Andy, get over it and enjoy the service. I'll get over it when I get even. Now, Andy, you know that Jesus says to pray for those that persecute you. Pray for Nathan? Yeah. Ha! I'll pray he gets a flat tire. No, Andy. Prayer can have a powerful effect on Nathan's life. The Word of God declares that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. How powerful? Well, very powerful. The Greek word used there for power is dunamis. It's where we get the English word dynamite. Really? Oh, that sounds good. I'd like to blow up Nathan. <laughs> no, 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 not blow him up, lift him up. You spread prayer is powerful like dynamite. It is, but we want to use prayer in a good way to bless him. Well, I still like to get even with him. Andy, you're not getting it. When we are cursed, Jesus wants us to bless, to return evil with good. Well, I don't think I can do that. Well, that's what Jesus did. Yeah, Jesus, when he was in the temple. He made a weapon, drove those guys out of the temple. That's right. He said, The house of God, uh, the God's, God's house shall be a house of prayer. Well, those guys in the temple, they deserved it. And so does Nathan for calling me what he did. Now, when Jesus was on the cross, people mocked and insulted him. Do you know what he did? God even? No. He prayed for the people. He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. All right, already. I'll pray for Nathan. Good. Now we're making some progress. I'll pray a prayer from the Old Testament, Numbers 16. Hmm, I'm not sure how that would go. Well, go ahead and and pray out, Andy. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, please open up a big hole in the ground and swallow up Nathan, just like you did to Korah's rebellious lot. Amen. Oh, Andy, this is your opportunity to let the love of Christ shine through you. Does the love of Christ ever get even? No. It's always peaceful and gentle and full of self-control and always forgives. Why don't want to get even? Well, you believe the Bible, right? Yes, I do. Every, every one of those words. Okay. The word says to bless those who curse you. Are you sure I'm positive? Doesn't it say curse those who mess with you? No. Forgiveness is the rule in the kingdom of God the way it works. If someone sins against you and you forgive them, the Lord forgives you your sins. But if you refuse to forgive, the Lord doesn't forgive you your sins. That does it, Dave. Now you've got me in trouble with God. It's easy to get on the right side of God. Just forgive, like Jesus did. And in doing so, the Word says you'll pour burning coals on your enemy's head. No, you're talking, Dave. Burning coals on Nathan's head. I like it. I'll go start the fire. Don't no, wait a minute. Come back here, Andy. The Word says to bless those who curse you, right? I guess it does. Will you do it? Right after Nathan says he's sorry. That's not what the Word says. That's what I say. Well, how about this? Pray and ask the Lord to help you to be willing to forgive, Nathan. Well, maybe I could do that. Well, just pray and just talk to the Lord and tell him how you feel. Okay. Well, Lord, Lord, I'm mad at Nathan for what he said. And I know your word says to blast and forgive and all that stuff. Well, I'm stuck on getting even. So, Lord, help me to be willing to forgive, Nathan. Well, I want to be more like Jesus. Amen. Well, Andy, that was a good prayer. Yeah, I feel better. Well, it's time for the kids to go to Sunday school, so say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye. Adios. See you later. Come on, Andy. Ciao. Sayonara. Come on, Andy. <laughs> Take a bow, Andy. Well, thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. 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 Well, just a little follow up on uh, Andy's uh, skit. We call it the unforgiveness bit. Jesus said in uh, Luke seventeen one, He said, It's impossible but that offenses will come. That means offenses will come. They'll come your way. And especially if you hang around in church. Sooner or later, you're going to be offended. And so you're like, you come to a T in the road, and you can choose to be offended, or you can choose to be like Jesus and forgive. The, that word offense is the Greek word scandalon, and it's it's like this. It's it's the the movable trap on a trigger and so if if you take the bait of that offense you the tr- the trap snaps shut and the and the uh offense gets a hold of you and and then you're locked into that well what should you do really oh you didn't know that oh you didn't know that, I'm stealing that. Is that okay? yeah you can have it here <laughs> i will literally take this oh yeah no it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a good word and uh John Bevere has a book called The Bait of Satan and you should read that because there's more good stuff in there. And so that that he hangs that that bait out there and if you take that bait when you're offended what happens is to you to me is that it wasn't right. It shouldn't have happened. I didn't deserve that. And all of that is true, but it doesn't really make any difference because Jesus said in Mark 11:25, whenever you pray, forgive If you have anything against anybody, hmm, well, that's kind of all-inclusive, anything against anybody, then your Father in heaven will forgive your failures. And the word forgive there in the Greek is aphiomi, and the way that's written is always, is kind of key to finding an application. The verb form is present active imperative. Present tense means right now, in this moment, forgive. Imperative, active. Imperative is like putting an exclamation mark. It's like point. It's like there is no option. It's 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 a positive command. It means do it now. That root word means to forgive, forsake, lay aside, leave alone, let be, omit, delete, put away, send, remit, yield, give up. You got that? You know, forgive, let it go, forget about it, be like Jesus. I I like. Uh, All of Francis Frangipane's books, I have most of them. And the the focus of his ministry is Christ-likeness. Our goal is to become more like Christ. Like John the Baptist said, he must increase, I must decrease. And so if you choose not to forgive, if you choose to be offended, what happens? Ephesians 6, 4, 26 and 27 describes it. In your anger, do not sin. Do let not do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. A foothold is the Greek word tapos. It means literally a place. If you do not forgive and you hold resentment in your heart, in your spirit, Satan Carves out a little base camp. He has a foothold in your spirit, from from which, from which to 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 work his mischief in your life, and his mischief is not good. So it's a it's a it's an imperative command. Whenever you pray, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, in the end of the verse is then your Father in heaven. Will forgive your failures. That means to permanently dismiss that offense, regardless of what it was. Romans twelve fourteen says to bless, and not curse. I just read something in one of Francis's books, that was uh, interesting to me. Uh, you know, Jesus says in Luke eleven thirty five, "See to it that the light." Within you is not darkness, and I never really understood that but what 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 does that mean and Francis kind of mined that out, and anything that that we do uh, that that like anger uh and resentment and offense in our heart is an area of darkness in our soul, and Satan has legal right to work he he lives in the domain of darkness he's been relegated to darkness. But we have been rescued from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light, but any area in our soul in our heart that is contrary you know willful sin contrary to god's law is an area of darkness it's a foothold where where he can where he can work and so my exhortation to you this morning is to uh, do a little scan disc on your mind and let the Holy Spirit run through all the files in your mind and see if there's somebody, there's some place in your mind where you haven't forgiven someone, where you've kind of taken the lie of Satan that you didn't deserve that, it wasn't right. And as Christians, it's, it, it's, it, we dress up our offenses as, as self-righteousness. So I want you to just 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 uh, close your eyes and just focus on the Lord right now, and we we'll invite the Holy Spirit to come, and to search our hearts, and to right now to, to to if there's something down in there in your soul that's covered in darkness, we ask that to come forth, come into the light right now, and let the Holy Spirit shine on that situation, and as you see that now clearly in your mind, just say with me right now. I forgive them. Say it out loud. I forgive them. Amen. So you've dealt with that. You've you've put the light on that foothold. Amen. So that's my uh my children's. I'll give you the rest of that. That's my it's it uh, the little kids don't always get the humor in that bit but we call it the unforgiveness bit and uh i actually did that recently at a elca church where one of my advertising customers was on the church council and, and she asked me to fill in for the pastor and and uh so i i i guess i have uh i have a bad attitude uh, uh with the elca but i went anyway okay it was my customer so i went And I did the unforgiveness bit. And and, and so after the service, a guy came and talked to me. And uh, he had been in Vietnam. And three guys had deserted his position. I mean, that's like 45 years ago. And he had actively hated their guts for 45 years. He had actively hated these guys. And that Sunday morning, uh, through Andy's encouragement, he made a decision to forgive those guys. And I was just, i my heart was touched. I mean, I almost missed that opportunity because of my own personal prejudice. And so I repented for that. And I was just so thankful that this guy was was set free. And I, I did a little Lutheran country church here not too long ago. And, you know, the Lutheran deal, you shake people's hands at the door, you know. And this lady said to me, I forgave my husband. Oh, well, okay, <laughs> that, that's good. <laughs> Well, I learned the next Sunday that it actually was her ex husband. And because she forgave him, he came to the, her daughter's graduation thing. And it went very well, very smoothly. And she was very thankful to get that offense and that bitterness out of her heart. So that's a good one to mark in your Bible. If you have anything against anyone, be forgiving. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. All right. So, can I keep going and preach now? Yep. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, okay, good. Uh, Well, what the Lord put on my heart to share with you this morning is uh, tucked away in the book of Philemon, and uh, just one chapter in verse 6, it says uh, Paul wrote Philemon, and he, he prayed for him. I love Paul's prayers. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith, so that you have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. And what a, what a wonderful prayer. And so uh, this morning we're going to have a quiz. So you have to close your Bibles. This is a closed book quiz. And I want you to think of one thing that that you can say that we have that's a good thing in Christ. What do we have that's a good thing in Christ? So we'll put Nathan on the spot right away. What do we have Okay, not it, But we'll take forgiveness we'll done. take forgiveness anyway, and then with forgiveness we can say there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we're we're walking in that forgiveness and like hallelujah, you know. Okay, we'll get two out of you since you're the leader over here. Yeah, uh, I would say just the, the love of the Father. Love of the Father, supernatural love of God. That's a good one. How about the uh, delegation over here to the west? Anybody got a, what? What are the good things we have in Christ? We have, the the Holy we have the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct us. Yeah, I mean, that's how I got this message is through the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful. He's, he, he's Jesus said He'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll be with us always, even until the end. And so, if you get in a pinch. You can ask them, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, they listen to me. So we have natural ears that you're hearing my voice now, but we also have sheep ears or spiritual ears with with which you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. But there's another voice, a lying voice that sneaks in there sometimes. That's why we need discernment to know the voice of the enemy because everything he tells you is a lie, everything Jesus tells you is the truth. He condemns you. Jesus corrects and encourages you with the Holy Spirit. So that is something to be very thankful for. And Jesus told his disciples to wait and for the, the, the promise of the Father and that he would get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I I minister a lot to older Lutheran congregations. And on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, if you talk to the assemblies of God people, they'll say that the, the evidence is is speaking in tongues, you know, and that doesn't work for some Lutherans but uh the uh I would say that the evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is boldness you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, so boldness is the evidence, and just that the, the tongues will just naturally flow out of that. you don't have to worry about it, it just It'll just flow, That the river will just flow out of you. And uh so it's it's fun to try to get that across to some of the folks and uh what else over here? Back row, do you have something back there? You're looking in your Bible. This is a closed book quiz. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You could you could look, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the love leads us, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. In in his presence is fullness of joy. And in that baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's joy. You know, sometimes people get the giggles, you know, and they say, well, that can't be God. Well, if you've never experienced it before, you know, maybe you just need to broaden your scope a little bit because it really is God, and it really is a lot of fun to get those holy it goes, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's a good one. How about you in the back row? You must have something. You're just waiting to share. Salvation. Salvation, yeah. Salvation, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. By grace you are saved through faith. This is not of yourself. It's a gift. It's a present from God. We just receive it and open the present. And actually, the uh, that's a good verse to know. If you don't know Ephesians 2, 8, 9, that is part of your memory assignment that I will check up on you next time I'm here, so we have these good things in Christ, and i've asked myself now, why don't we share them more often so i, I have a, a advertising business and and I've called on these guys, a couple of guys in a car repair shop, they also repaired my car and i would I would always i was always trying to witness to them. I was trying to share what you know what I've been doing we do the puppet ministry and we have a big tent and we do outreach meetings and and so I'm always trying to talk about what the Lord is doing and the one guy is a denominational guy and he 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 uh, misuses the name of Jesus quite often and that usually means that he doesn't really know Jesus he doesn't really understand the power and the authority of the name of Jesus and I was I was trying to share with these guys and there was it was there was something there. There was like a barrier, it was like a like a wall. I was up against that. And I, I just I finally said, Lord, what is that? What what's going on there? You know, why can't I share better with those guys? And the Holy Spirit said that you're up against a spirit of doubt and unbelief. And that spirit wants to mute your witness. He wants it to shut you up and not talk about Jesus. Aha. Doubt and unbelief. Well, Matthew sixteen nineteen says that the the, the, the the Jesus has given us the authority to bind and loose, bind and loose. So I would go back into okay repair after praying that the Lord would bind that spirit of doubt and unbelief and loose faith. And after that, I had a little easier time. Uh, sharing about jesus but after the guy put the wrong axle seal in my car and siliconed it in there and then didn't say anything about it he basically cheated you know i had a hard time go back in there so but now when i pray for people that 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 aren't walking with jesus people that uh that don't you know pre-christians we would call them i pray to Bind that spirit of doubt and belief, and unbelief in, and, and lose faith. So, uh, as you prepare to be more active in sharing your faith, Ephesians 2, two eight nine, is a, is a verse that, you really need to get and understand because, uh, if you talk to people about their salvation, they'll they'll they'll, they'll say, well, I I've been a good person. I, how many ever heard that? I have been a good person. You know, so I can, you know I've been been good. Well, if it was possible for you to earn your salvation by being good. Jesus could have passed on the whole incarnation, the whole Passion Week, the whole beating and crucifixion and all of that. He could have passed on all that, you know, if you could do it on your own, but you can't. That's why we need a Savior. We need that blood of Jesus to purify us from all unrighteousness another verse to put on your your memory uh, assignment list is john 14:6 anybody know john 14:6 okay good you know it now cuz you'll have to memorize this it is jesus said i am the way the truth and the life yeah no one comes to the father but by me we just talked to a beautiful young woman at our tent meeting and she, she said, well, there's, there's a lot of, lot of ways to, the, to God, to the, to the God. Which, you know, Christianity is, is just one of them. Well, that would be a lie, but it's a very common lie that, 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 that a lot of people buy into. But if you, if you trust the word of God as your authority for faith in life and you try to live by the word of God, It says that there's only one way. And the Greek word there is odos, which means the means of approach. The only way that you can approach the Father is through faith in Jesus Christ. And so another thing that's important as you get ready to to fire up and get out there and, and talk about Jesus is your testimony. In Revelations 11, I forget the address, but it says they defeated him or Satan, they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they didn't love their life so much as to shrink back from life, from death. So your testimony, what the Lord has done in your life, where he has transferred you from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light through his son that he loves, your testimony, how that happened, is a powerful spiritual weapon by which you can defeat Satan himself, the word of their testimony, and the blood of the Lamb. Now, we just had Bill Davis, who I met first at Lutheran Renewal, was was a speaker. We've had him come up north and speak in our tent th- three different times now. And yeah, thumbs up on Bill Davis. Huh? I mean, go to Bill Davis Ministries and listen to his testimony. It is the it is the funniest thing. I mean, he had him roaring at Lutheran Renewal. Oh, he, this at your place? Okay, so you guys know Bill Davis. Anyway, save cracker, armed robber, and all that, you know. And uh, so, but you don't have to have been uh, a really big-time criminal like Bill, you know. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, but uh, you can just you know have been a, a church mouse, grew up in the church, and and just been been good, and never you know really never done anything really bad you know but still we're we're born with this problem in our heart you know uh, let me ask you this then now those of you grandmas and have children you know who taught your children to lie i didn't do it mommy huh did you ever have to take your children down? Now, now, listen, you know, if you get into a difficult situation, you don't really exactly have to tell the truth. You can kind of tell a half-truth, and then you can get out of it. Did you have to do that? No. Why Why not? Because it's in their nature. We have a nature that is contrary but to God. We have a nature that is sinful, and we need the Holy Spirit to come in and to change our hearts to where we want to serve God. And so... Uh, your testimony is a powerful spiritual weapon, and one of the the, the actually the most uh, uh, enjoyable thing for me as a uh, minister is I do what's what I call it a testimony workshop, and and I get a group together like like they like you guys, and everybody is assigned to write out their testimony, and the idea is to share a little bit about what your life was like before. Meeting Jesus, how you met Jesus, and what your life is like after meeting Jesus, and it's and if you could get that succinctly down, you know, with you know like three to five minutes, you know, don't preach a sermon, don't use a lot of scripture, don't you know use words like glorious and wonderful and like the, there's no problems uh, in the Christian life. The uh, I did this, uh, I did a let a couples retreat and a fellow from uh, a church in Sisseton that I've been known for a long time. Uh, I've been to his church many times. And, and what I've found is that people that you've been fellowshipping with uh, for a long time, that you're friend, Christian friends with, that you see every Sunday, many times you don't know the personal faith story of how, how you came to faith in Christ. You've, you haven't heard that story. And so when we get together and we we practice, you know, to practice, so you have a plan, and then you work the plan later on the street because you've got something ready to share, you know. You practice it. And it is so encouraging to hear the, the different stories of how creative God is and how merciful he is and how, how he reaches people. I mean, my heart is just blessed. So I was doing this marriage retreat, and Larry was there with his wife. He married a little gal from the Philippines, and they have these little cute little button kids, and uh, Larry shared his testimony. Well, it was a blizzard night in Sisseton, South Dakota, stormy, and uh, people were gri- going home because the roads were closing, and Larry was depressed to the point of suicide. And so he went to the liquor store. He bought a fifth of ja- Jim Daniels, Jack Daniels, and he walked out in, in the country, and on a country road, and he started taking straight shots out of the bottle of Jack, And his plan was he was just going to walk out there and he was just going to get drunk and he was going to pass out and he would just tip over and he would just be an ice cube and it would be over. It would be all done. And so that's what he did. He was headed out in the country drinking the Jack Daniels. Well, his cousin was going home because it was a stormy night and the, the Holy Spirit said, Go home this way. Well, he never went home that way. That was the long way. But he knew the voice of the Father. So he went home that way. He's driving down the road. I mean, it's snow. He's got it in four-wheel drive. and, And, oh, my gosh, there's a man laying in the road. He drives up a little closer. It's my cousin Larry. Goes out there, gets Larry up, brushes him off, puts him in his pickup, shares Christ. Larry receives Christ instantly sobers up, miracle, and he's been walking with Jesus ever since. I mean, you got to give the Lord a hand on that one. I mean, that just, I mean, that uh, that gets my heart every time I I tell that story. But it's so fun, you know, it's so fun to to hear those stories. So then I try to tell my story. And I try to get it in three to five minutes. And the end of my story is, is, you know, maybe answers to prayer. Well, I get going on the, I prayed, uh, I'm out of order here, but I, I prayed for, a, I was, had been a single parent for nine years, and I prayed with a pastor friend of mine to find a lady to love using spiritual glue to hold our marriage together. And I just happened to see this gal in a restaurant on Mother's Day, and I, and I could see she had a lot of love for those kids, and she didn't have a wedding ring on, so I said, uh, Lord, Help me get it together with her. And and he did. And so we got, she's home watching the grandkids right now. We got married three weeks to the day after a, a blind date uh, 32 years ago. But see, what happens to me is I get going talking about Dawn and, and how much I love her and, and what an asset she is to me because in our business, you know, she's very good accountant. She can balance, and I can't even add. In our advertising, she can add, and I can't spell. You know, so she's like a huge help to me. And I gotta tell you, you married guys, the uh, I am literally on a daily basis. I am thankful to the Lord for my wife. I am just ongoing. I'm, I'm thankful, 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 thankful for my wife. And and if she ever gets crabby. My marriage advice is is uh, First Corinthians, love hardly even notices when others do it wrong, and you just get right back to honeymooning. So okay, my testimony. I, I just I threw that in there because see I get going talking on that, and then the crowd's laughing, and then being a theater guy, you're playing off the crowd, you know, and then, it, then it, and then they go, you went 15 minutes, you know, <laughs> you know I was trying to go five. So in, in your, in your uh, testimony, start with, an, uh, you know, it's like writing a speech, you know, start with an atten- attention-getting statement, you know. And so, so mine is, uh, I was raised on vitamin pills in the Bible, sitting with my mother in the front row at Trinity Lutheran. And growing up, I was uh, Joseph in the Christmas play, I was president of Luther League, But I didn't know Jesus. In my heart, really, I was a thief. And a little bit later, I made a decision to, to blow off God and to chase girls, see what girls were all about. Well, that got me married when I was 19 and divorced when I was, I don't know how old was I, 26 maybe. And I got custody of my kids. So the, my youngest son was in diapers, and the other one was a few years older. So now I'm a single parent. And so I decided, well, i got to get back to the uni- University of North Dakota, finish my education degree so I can be a teacher, which would be a nice lifestyle for a single parent, you know. So now it's summer school. I'm going to summer class, and I have to pass accounting. And my problem is I can add it, you know, th- my problems another balance. balance is really a, a problem. And I, I had flunked accounting many times before because it was a spring class. And a lot of times I'd cut class and get a case of beer and a case of 22 shells and go gopher hunting. So it doesn't work to cut accounting, which I did. I'm not very wise. So now I ha- now now I have to pass accounting, okay, so I'm focused. I'm not doing any drugs. I'm not doing any alcohol. See, I, gra- I started smoking dope in 66. So I'm part of the Peace and Love generation, Woodstock, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, you know. I mean, I've, I've been there, done that, have the T-shirt, but now I have a T-shirt for my tent meeting, times of refreshing. So, so now I'm going to summer school. I'm narrowly focused I got a pass so I can get my degree so i can so I can take care of my kids and There was this weight on me, and it was really weird. It was like I was on a on a some kind of a weird trip except I wasn't doing any drugs and and i've with my family, I've done thirty years of Bible story puppet shows now I just do Andy because I don't have enough arms to do the shows and light cues and all that stuff and 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 it was like you know I was I'm out of I'm out of character for myself I'm not myself you know I would be short and snappy with my kids and I never was like that I mean I had my kids all the time never had a babysitter they they just rode around with me you know and and we had this old Chrysler Newport we called it the boat you know it had belonged to Alpha Mark, the organist in the church, so we always could hear the organ music. But we tied this was before political correctness. We tied the uh, seat belts together in the back, so it was like a swing, you know. And so my kids would sit like two little birds, perched on that on that swing. <laughs> and I have in our scrapbook, I have a ticket, you know, a littering ticket. I told the kids to clean up the garbage in the back seat, you know. Well, they threw it all out the window. <laughs> the highway cop. Picked, picked me up, you know, and gave me a warning ticket. Oh, jeez. So uh, I got off track here. <laughs> so anyway, okay, okay. I'm on this weird trip. I'm not myself. So it was summer uh Crookston, Minnesota. My dad's house he lived on the right on the the river there where the dam is in Crookston. And I thought, well, I'm going to listen to some music to cheer, get myself out of this punk, funk I was in, you know. So it, Paul McCarty and Wings was a, was out then it was the Silly Love Songs tape, you know. And that actually was an 8-track tape, so it tells you how long ago that was. And so I put the tape in, I got the music cranked up, and I'm laying just zoned out in the living room listening to this music, thinking that this is going to help my spirit, my soul, my heart, my whatever was the matter with me. And someone called my name, David. Well, so I got up and went to the front door to see who was there, and there was no one there. Well, my mom had a beauty shop that was connected to the house, so I went to the shop door, and there was no one there. And there was also was a back door on the river. I thought, well, somebody came walking up the river, and they called my name from the back door. And so I went to the back and to see who it was. And there was no one there. And I thought, well, maybe they called my name, and now they're walking around to the front door. So I went back to the front door to see who was there, and there was no one there. And then I thought, oh man, this is this is really weird. This is what it's like when you go crazy. You start hearing voices, you know. Well, I had uh, uh, at a party on Vashon Island in Washington, I had uh, stolen a demonic charm from a guy who was into witchcraft, and I wasn't into witchcraft. I just lived my life by one rule—that was there were no rules. So it's kind of everything goes. So I used to wear this thing, this ox-eye thing. I kind of thought of it as my karma object. Brother, would you hand me my Bible underneath your seat right there? And so I went and got that thing, and I started thinking about it. And I'm gonna, this is a picture of it here. I have I have this in my Bible just to remind me of the... My the old man that's dead, the, the the man I am no longer. But you can see what it looks like. So I so I had this I had this thing in my hand that you can see in the picture there around my neck, and I thought to myself, you know, there's there's got to be some power connected with this thing. Now I'm not into witchcraft. I'm just into partying, and you know, having good weed. You know. Maui Waui and stuff, you know, and I I thought to myself, now I I didn't speak it, I thought it, okay, I thought to myself, I'm going to burn this thing up, and at that moment, I was lifted up in spirit, so I could see myself standing on the floor, it's like I was the light bulb, looking down at myself, and the same voice that called my name said, no, you don't want to do that. And I said, I choose Jesus, and regained my orientation and promptly burned it up. And uh, our pastors were always the best friends of my parents, so I went down to see our pastor who is was charismatic Lutheran, and uh, he prayed over me that uh, out of the Lutheran book of occasional services for deliverance, and he diagnosed it as a case of oppression, and Mark, Uh, a little testament, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and and stuff. And so that's how I got saved. And it took me, uh, I mean, that's been a few years ago now. And it took me a long time to be able to tell that story and not just weep. And, And then I would tell the story and Satan would counterpunch with condemnation. He would heap condemnation on me to the point it would take me like a whole day to kind of regain my equilibrium. And it doesn't bother me anymore like it used to. But I do tell people, uh, like I did a meeting out in Montana and a young man who accepted Christ while he was heaving in the drunk tank. And he started sharing his testimony. And I said, just be aware that Satan is going to counterpunch. He's going to heap condemnation onto you. So you just need to speak speak out, you know, that you've been born again. You've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And you can stand against the, all the lies and the strategies of, of Satan. So that's how I got saved. And then I already just told you I pre- asked for the uh, lady to love using spiritual glue. And and uh, so there was, was my wife Dawn sitting there. And so I was going to f- follow her, see where she lived. You know, she's accusing me of stalking her. And I got hung up at the <laughs> till. And, uh, and so this little white Omni is going north in Valley City, North Dakota, you know. So it was Monday morning. At that time, my, my, I was selling bank equipment, vault doors and drive-ups and stuff. So I was at the post office getting my blueprints. And I was imagining a grid of Valley City. And I was going to drive up and down every street in Valley City until I saw this little white Omni. And right at that moment, she comes walking into the post office. You know, uh, I couldn't I couldn't say anything. She went across the way and parked her car. And I thought she maybe worked at the municipal utility, so I went in there later, and she wasn't there. And, and I saw her car again, and I'm looking at her car. She had mail on her dash. I'm looking at her mail. You know, and and it said Mrs. Dawn Berger. Oh man. What a bummer. She's married, you know. So I was lamenting to my friend Bob that I played ping pong with that this gal I was trying to track down is Mrs. Berger. She said, oh, I know, Dawn. She works at the radio station, which is right next door to the municipal utilities. She's been a widow for about a year. Oh, says (laughs) I. (laughs) Yeah, a widow, you know. And As we used to say, trips on, you know. And uh, so nobody, well, say I'm a sales guy, right? And in sales, there is the alternative clothes, you know. do Would you like a red or a gray shirt? Yeah, I don't care what shirt you buy. I just want to sell you a shirt. So I sent her a letter with three roses to introduce myself, and I suggested five things. I remember three of them. Uh, dinner and dancing, Lamore Country Theater, take the kids to the lake and catch sunfish off the dock, and... She thought it was very presumptuous that some guy that she's never met want to do something with her kids. And one little girl from the Nazarene church knew me because I used to go up there. Because those Nazarenes, they sang choruses and they prayed for each other. We never did that at the Lutheran church, you know. And this this girl said, oh, I know him. He's weird. And she goes like this, you know. You don't want to go out with him, you know. But <clears throat> her girlfriend at the radio station gave her the word of the Lord, which was, for three roses, you can have coffee with this guy. Okay. And so uh, she wrote me a note, and I called and set the appointment, and she thought it was so weird because I was, so, like, so business-like, you know. So at that time, my sales costume was a three-piece suit, Panama my hat, and wingtips. I was calling on bank presidents, you know. So she comes into the restaurant, like, hi, it's me, you know. And she sits down, and she gives me this look like, okay, what, you know. And I was kind of... I told her, well, I couldn't, you know. Yesterday I was in Grand Forks on a call, and the day before that I was doing a, a puppet show at the Red Willow Bible Camp, and she picked up on that because she does costumes for a community theater. And so we visited, had coffee, and she had to go get her kids, and I had to go because uh, I bought it had a ping pong table. I wanted to practice, as Bob was killing me in ping pong, so I wanted to practice. So I was get my ping pong table, but she was having a garage sale. Now I know where she lives. So I went to her her, her garage sale, and I, I brought her. I I have a lot of house plants. It's a problem I have her every year because there's not enough room in the house for all the plants. So I brought her my best begonia, beef skate begonia. It was a big honking and It was a beautiful one, my best one, and I gave her that. And I gave her kids, uh, each an ornithopter, which is this little Leonardo da Vinci invention. You can crank up the water rubber band, and you let it go, and it goes click, 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 and it flies. It just drives cats crazy. The ornithopters are really cool. And so then I, you know, her kids, I said, well, uh, I have this new ping-pong table. Would you guys like to come over and play ping-pong with me? Oh, oh, mommy, mommy, can we go play ping-pong? And she said, well, all right. So, so, uh, <clears throat> so at my house at that time, we did what's called emergency cleanup. I had these systems, you know, like the clothes came out of the dryer and they went on the couch. And so if you wanted a pair of socks you had to dig through the mound of the mountain of clothes to find a sock and in the kitchen I had three dish drainers so the dishes were either in the sink dirty they were in the dish drainers clean I had other stuff in the in the uh, cupboard so emergency cleanups I was pitch literally pitching stuff down the basement stairs and uh, and I decorated the house up with in balloons and streamers so she comes over and I had a doodle sign on the door that said welcome Dawn and Superboys," and they come into the hallway and there was an unfinished drywall wall there, and I had, I had made an artwork that said Pink Floyd the wall. And so you had to sign your sign in to the house, you know, autograph the wall. And then she turns into the living room, and there was a ping-pong table, 100 house plants, five aquariums, and balloons and streamers all over the place. And she says, uh, is your house always like this? <laughs> yeah, I said, well, do- Yeah, yeah, yeah. usually it's kind of a little different, but uh, this was like cleaned up uh, only for special occasions, you know. And so then it was Sunday, and I asked if I could go to her church. She said, well, everyone's welcome at church. And she sat right in the front row because the kids didn't wiggle because it was right in front of the pastor. So her husband had died, and and so everybody in the church was so kind to her and had been trying to win her husband to the Lord. And and now they're caring for her, you know, widow and these kids. And so I come and I sit down right next to her. And you could just you could hear the necks in the church creak. You know they're looking. at Where did this guy come from? You know, and uh, that just happened to be Father's Day. And she was going out to the Fort Ransom State Park, and she asked, "Well, you know, would you would you like to c- come along? You know, I said, would I? You know, would I like, like to come along?" And so we did. And uh, so now we're out there walking with our kids, and I've been out there a lot of hiking and stuff, and. Any place there's a big rock, I always dub it as prayer rock, you know, and so we got to prayer rock well let's let's pray, and so we got up we got on the rock her two kids and me uh, don and myself and and my prayer was uh, thank you, Jesus, for your love, let it shine on us and I gave her a little hug and ran down the hill and she was she was standing there on that rock when you know where what is up with this guy and anyway, we got married three weeks of the day from that coffee date right at at Fort Ransom State Park at prayer rock and uh, so you know if you want to ask you know is does God answer prayer well yeah I mean she's sitting right there you know she there she is you know and uh, so I'm very uh, very thankful and I know I probably went over my three to five minutes but uh, thank you very much for the grace for grace thank you for grace and uh, so it's just, it's and even if you, you do that with the, the beloved here to practice sharing your testimony, uh, we've had Bob Hannes in our tent. They call him the Crosswalker. He lives down in Texas. And he can share his testimony uh, at a red light. He, he, he's like a quick draw. He's given away, I don't know, three million tracks. And he's literally walked carrying the cross from Maine to Washington. It took him a while but he's you know walks into traffic and smiling and the people have stuff on their heart they stop and talk to him and he shares Christ the bob handles the crosswalker but he's he's like a quick draw artist everybody he, he goes he can get these tracks out like that and uh and he he can share his testimony at a red light and so it, it's 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 uh very helpful because you have you know where you're going you know that your testimony is powerful you know that the person you're talking to needs the light and the love of Jesus and he will be encouraged they will be encouraged to hear what god has done for you because he's willing to do it for them too so let me close with a word of prayer father thank you so much for the folks that are here today it's been a blessing to share with them god i pray that this message would encourage their heart that they would be they would desire to be active in sharing their faith and they would come to a fuller understanding of every good thing we have in christ so continue holy spirit to work in us and through us to to fulfill and accomplish the Father's will. Amen. Amen.